You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. You're listening to The Ensemblist, the only podcast that shows you Broadway from the inside out. I'm Mo Brady. No matter if watching the filmed performance of Hamilton on Disney Plus is your first time seeing the show or your 10th, one thing is clear while watching. This is a very good show. Numbers like Skylar Sisters and The Election of 1800 not only tell story and develop character, they're also thrilling to watch. On stage and on screen, Hamilton is chock-a-block with good musical theater moments. And, as will be a surprise to no one, those thrilling moments of stagecraft are due in part to the show's ensemble. With only 11 members, Hamilton's ensemble is as featured as any in recent memory. You can imagine future high school productions of Hamilton, where dozens and dozens of young people will play American civilians, British soldiers, and cabinet members. Here, we see all of that expertly handled by less than a dozen performers. One of the 11 who took on this monumental feat for the filmed performance is Hope Easterbrook. Joining the Broadway company in March 2016, she played the Woman 2 track. Hope joined me this week over the phone to talk about her roles in the show, as well as her experience filming the show for posterity. Here's our conversation. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Would you introduce yourself and tell us where you're calling from today? Uh, my name is Hope Easterbrook. I am calling from my house in Jersey City. Uh, well, everything's legal in New Jersey, as as we learned this weekend. Funny enough, I just recently <laughs> got a city bike, and I biked my way all the way to Weehawken, and I finally visited the Hamilton Park, which I had never been to. And I was like, thank God I did this. And thank God I had like the time to just bike over there and like have that moment. But it was really, it's really cool. Speaking of which, you are in the Hamilton film that released and everyone has watched this weekend. I promise you no one listening to this podcast will have not seen it. Can you say uh, what you do in the Hamilton film? So I'm in the ensemble. I've coined my little part as being the dirty bar wench. 
uh, because I'm slinging drinks in the tavern in my shot. Oh, and you were the first replacement, right? Right. I was the first replacement to the original cast, yes. So you joined the Broadway company in March 2016. This is sort of like post-Grammys, pre-Tonys. What's the first whisper you heard about this film project? It was around when we were rehearsing for the Tonys. Did we get a little, um, I had a little hint from production that we were going to be doing this film. So I was like in the midst of doing the Tony Awards, Broadway Bears, and then we filmed the movie. And when I tell you, I've never been so tired in my life. <laughs> like, if you know, like, Tony's just were the most incredible, epic night. Like, we had a party that till the sun came up. And then continued to do eight shows that week, right? And Broadway Bears, which we all know is like shenanigans and crazy excitement. It directly followed by um, by filming the movie. It was very, um, very soon before we started filming did we hear from production that we were going to be doing this. So it was, I would say, literally a week before filming. It was like... I, we finished the Tonys. They were like, we're going to give you guys contracts. We're filming in two weeks. It was like, it was crazy. We filmed it on Sunday matinee, live performance. We filmed all that night. We filmed on our day off on Monday, all day. And then all day Tuesday, that show that night was filmed. So three days of madness. Two performances. And then in between that one, you're supposed to let be letting your body rest and recuperate, not only from eight shows, but from Broadway Bears, from Tony's, from award season. You're still filming. I remember there was one moment where it was like 6 a.m. I'm telling you, I've never like, um, and we were up, we were filming on that Monday, I think at like 6 a.m. Like we had, I was in full wig, makeup, whatever. It was so early. And guess what we were starting with? The room where it happened. <laughs> where like in any, in, you know, in a regular show, it's the second act. I've had my warm up. I'm like on an adrenaline high. So like, I know that I got this, right? But the fact that you're starting at like 6 a.m. shooting room where it happens, like I was like, wow, I just remember being so exhausted and kind of complaining, honestly, but in the wings. And I remember Chris Jackson turned to me and he goes, come on, Hope, you've been dreaming of this since you were born. And I was like, all right, you're right. Snap out of it. Like, let's go. <laughs> and I'm watching it, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, like that, this is something I, a kid could only dream of. Like Hamilton so exceeded those expectations and those dreams for me. So how much of the show that we're watching at home is those two live performances versus all of these things you were doing in between the performances? I would say the majority are the live performances because you're getting a lot of those wide shots. I would say the only, those really close up shots are the shots that we did on those extra, extra days. But I would say the majority you're getting the live performance. Um, but I would say that that's like kind of the one takeaway that I'm getting a lot from family and friends, which is like people that have been lucky enough to see it, they're finally actually seeing it. It's like seeing Renee's expressions and seeing like, all of it so up close, right? And like seeing Burr make that switch and like really seeing it, those acting chops that all of them have. And so everyone is actually seeing it in a way that it never was able to be seen, if that makes sense. The overhead cam and the cam from upstage, uh, that shocked me. Like I freaked out during Right Hand Man when I first saw it and Chris like puts his sword away and I was just like, holy crap. Like it was just the cool, I got such chills because I was like, no one's ever seen it from there. No one's ever seen Chris Jackson go into Right Hand Man like that. And I just thought that that was so epic. That's like a view only you had or only people on stage have had before. And I bet you're seeing stuff that you never got to see, really. 
You have no idea. There's so many parts where I was like, I never knew the guys did that. Like I was always facing upstage and I never realized. And even when I was learning the show and I was watching it every night before going in, I was watching my track. It really is very cool because I, I learn new things every time I see it. So I want to ask you one more question about filming before I ask you to divulge all the secrets you can. Okay. So when you're looking out into the house on this Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday morning, is it an empty house? Are there like, is it like tech tables everywhere? Like, what are you seeing when you are performing these pickup shots? I know, for instance, when, when they, because they, it was pretty last minute that they decided to film this before some of the cast decided to leave. They had to take out a lot of, of seats in order to, I think there were like six cameras or something in the house. And then, so they had to take out a lot of seats. So a lot of the seats were gone. Um, obviously, the amount of people that were there was enough for you to feel the energy in that live theater. I wasn't trying to look at the cameras. <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna do my show the way I know it and I'm just gonna perform. Any other night, I had no shame, especially during like the cabinet battles to like look in the audience and see who was there. And that was my moment where I was like, oh, okay, cool. There's a, there's that person and there's that famous person. Like that was my moment of being like, Taking it, taking it in. Yeah, exactly. So I want to ask you some questions about, I, as I mentioned before the interview, I spent two hours and 40 minutes watching you in, in preparation for this interview. I want to ask you who you are playing. I feel like when I've talked to people in the Hamilton Ensemble before, they feel like they're playing sort of themselves or a storyteller that then steps into either these characters or backing up other characters being a feeling or an intention of those characters. Does that feel right to you? We are embodying those characters. My helpless is a very different than my room where it happens, right? Because I'm embodying Eliza or I'm embodying Burr, right? So like, I, I definitely feel like within my performance, I'm trying to do that. But as far as who I'm playing, I think the ensemble, we're not only watching history being made and acknowledging that, but we are also helping it because, you know, like we're, um, we're like enforcing it and we're moving it along because, you know, who's moving all the tables? Who's putting Hamilton's chair down before he sits down and writes? It's us. We're not only bystanders of, of history being made and watching it happen, but we're also like allowing it to happen if that makes sense so when you walk out on stage for the very first time in the opening are you you're you yes you're hope you're like i'm here i'm hope i'm gonna along with all these other people up here we're gonna take you on a story audience it transitions into you know in the opening number in alexander hamilton that that opening number you already know what happens you know that burr is the guy who shot him you know how it ends so this is us being like, like you said, as Hope, as the, the cast, here we are, we're going to tell this story, and then boom, we're in it. So there are these moments in which you're sort of playing characters, right? You're playing Dirty Bar, bar Wench. In the cabinet battles, are do you have a specific person that you're playing? Are you like, I'm from Virginia? Or like, do you like, do you know anything about this person? That's so funny you ask that, because I'm watching my facial expressions, and like, I mean, I'm like, she is in it. She's like, I was like, there's certain things because every night it's different. Every night there's always one thing that you hear that you like resonate with. And so it's just funny when you're watching like, you know, yourself on screen. It's like, oh, that's really interesting that I reacted that way. There was one moment where, and it's too many damn pages for any man to understand. And I remember being a woman and I said, I can't even read. Blow us all away. 
you have the feature of being the woman on stage in the green dress. Which is the quickest change. I don't know if you know this. Blow us all away. And it's like run off stage, get this gown on, and then you're on stage. And I would say I'm in some sort of like Shakespearean moment, but I never really said, oh, this is the, this is what I'm playing because it's such a quick moment. Like Rua pours something on my lap and I'm like trying to wipe it off and then I point and then it's literally over. I do want to ask you about what is harder. Is it dancing? Is it watching? Is it moving chairs? I would say in the long run, like for my body, like moving the chairs, that was like the biggest toll because, you know, dancing is like what I'm familiar with, but I've never had to like do a turn with a chair above my head. So like, that's all very new. I would say the turntable was the was the most um, challenging aspect of like getting into the show, because you're learning it in a studio. And you don't know what it feels like to actually have a thing move you from point A to point B. And when you're learning it, you're like, okay, Skylar sisters, you start over here, and then the turntable moves you over here. And so you're learning it in the studio. And you think, oh, okay, cool. Like, I know this choreo, I'm good, the turntable. And then I personally, I feel like I was the prop girl. Like, I feel like I just had all the props. And maybe that's because like, I kind of hate props. Um, because of the re- I hate it because of the responsibility. And I know that I needed to because like, that's the role. But the responsibility is like, very stressful. But I would say the turntable and the props were probably like the hardest part about it. Like singing and dancing. That I was like, good, okay, I got this, like, I know how to do this. I would implore audiences to rewatch Hurricane, where you are holding a chair, like, a foot from the ground, and so the chair stays at this, like, flat, almost on the ground, but not on the ground angle, and then you, like, flip your body upside down, and then back it's like a slow motion somersault while keeping a chair in and i was like that looks hard (laughs) that looks really hard like never in my in my prior you know training did i think that i would have to exactly what you said maintain a level of a chair while slow motion like trying to like do a turn under it you know and i love i i I really loved watching that though because i again (laughs) I'm only focused on what I have to do. But when I get to watch the bigger picture and I get to really fully see his entire story in that moment circle around him. I want to ask you about the similarities between Satisfied and Helpless, right? We sort of know that the numbers are in tandem and that we're seeing the story again. How similar is the choreography? It's not, I wouldn't say it's exactly the same. There are moments that I would call them like breakdowns or remixes rather, where it's pretty much the helpless choreography with little remixes. But I would say, again, learning that and learning the difference between the the helpless and the satisfied choreography was a challenge. And then on top of that, learning it without a partner. There's crazy things that you don't even realize. But it definitely, for me and my brain cells, after like a long day of rehearsal, I was like, I can't even tell you (laughs) the differences. Honestly, like it was, it's, it's very similar though. Yeah. Is okay. In wait for it. You are sitting in a chair stage, like basically in front of stage left one. um, Downstage left corner. And there's a moment where you like turn in the chair and you face off stage. And I'm like, 
someone is playing some practical joke on Hope every show here. She's looking directly off stage. What is happening? What is in your eye line? I would say the entire cast is on stage, but Hamilton at that moment. Lynn never did, but Javi, Javi would <laughs> always have like funny faces and try and make me crack on stage. But I would say, you know, what was another thing during Wait For It. When I stood up, I would see Anthony and Anthony and I would always, we had like this thing when, when dabs were in, when like dabbing was a thing, but when dabbing was a thing, we would always like low key, we would, we wouldn't do like real ones cause they would be like too, too obnoxious and, and legit, but we would just do like little like head, not like head nods where as if we had our hand up, but we would just go boom. So one last question I want to ask you is about the work that you're doing right now for your nonprofit dance for hope. Um, so I started dance for hope in 2018, um, I had just come back from a trip to Africa. I went to Rwanda, actually, and I taught over there. And it's just this beautiful, beautiful program and kind of this safe haven for these kids. And it was such a life-changing experience for me to understand the power that dance had for these kids, you know, and really seeing it for myself, like how dance has helped them get out of their circumstances. When I came back, it was very bittersweet because I felt like this sense of purpose out there. And I felt like I, I really, I needed to kind of bring that back home with me. Um, and how was I going to do that? And then it just jump started this brainstorming session within myself. And I was like, wait, I should offer my services, my education, my privilege. I was thinking of names and I thought, oh my gosh, dance for hope. Um, cause it just encaptures kind of what, what we're doing, which is offering, whether it's immigrant children, underprivileged youth in like low income families, and just give them the f opportunity to express themselves and give them a safe space to do so. Um, and to find their voices, you can visit my website, danceforhope.com and kind of learn more, maybe donate, but, um, we're just trying to serve as many kids as we can that need these kinds of art opportunities. Special thanks to Hope Easterbrook for sharing their stories with us today. The Ensemblist was produced today by me, Mo Brady. There are two great ways you can be helping The Ensemblist right now. One is by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and the second is by becoming a Patreon member, which you can do at patreon.com slash theensemblist. Please follow The Ensemblist wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or our home of Broadway Podcast Network, bpn.fm. You can also follow us on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 
Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.